If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GZ Sunscast. I'm your host Shane and joining me on the line is Tom. Welcome to the show once again, Tom. Yeah, g'day Shane. How are you this week? Yeah, it's been good. The Gold Coast Suns had a, a mixed bag of weekends. You know, we we won the in the academy, we won in the NEFL and Finally. fell just short in the AFL. Yeah, it was better than the previous week where we couldn't win anything. Um, and, and a lot of very promising signs to come from the uh, the lower grades. Yeah. Well, Tom, I've had some questions put to me this week, and that is, how can they listen to the GC Sunscast? So, what happens is, every uh, Tuesday night at 7pm, we go live on Spreaker so you can head on over to Spreaker.com forward slash GC Sunscast and find us but the easier way is it automatically adds a link to our Facebook page so the best thing to do is just go to Facebook.com forward slash GC Sunscast and click on the link you can also download the show later we'll put up episodes on YouTube if it's even easier for you so you've really got a wide variety of ways to listen to the show either live where you can interact and chat with us or download it on uh, to your favorite podcast service or just watch it on YouTube whenever it suits you um, now to help us run the show we rely on support from our listeners and the best way to provide support is over at Patreon. So you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and donate to the show. This week, we'd like to thank our donors, Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, and James Wood. Thanks, guys. You're, you're doing wonders here, helping us out with the show, and it goes a long way, whatever, however little you're donating. If you can't afford to donate, just like and subscribe to our Facebook and our YouTube. And mm. we also have Twitter now. Tom keeps on top of the Twitter, so you can find us at GC Sunscast on Twitter. Yeah, and look, every like and share and comment helps the, uh, the Facebook and Twitter machine sort of generate random... Uh, we, all, we all know the algorithms are sort of nefarious and mysterious, but um, it, it, every, every little bit helps. Uh, everyone who does currently like and share and comment and, and, and subscribe and all that, the rest of it, you, you're helping to spread the word because there are people out there who don't know about us. Uh, we've been around for a bit over a year, uh, but, yeah, we started very small and we're, and we're growing every week, aren't we? Yeah, we definitely are. It's, it's just good to talk about the Gold Coast Suns and have a have a chat and we'd love to interact with uh the listeners and the fans so yeah we'd love to see you guys live jump on and chat to us on the show or if you can't do that you know facebook comments are fantastic youtube comments uh we just love interacting with you all and that's why we started this show is to build a bit of a community that we can all interact with and 
talk about the Suns. All right, well, let's get into the show. The first bit isn't really news. We don't have too much news, but I do have a couple of sneaky rumors. So, Tom, there is a couple of, well, one in particular, first-year player who is very close to signing a new deal. Fantastic. That's all I'll uh, say. There's there's six of them, so, so put us out of our misery. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, looks like Rankin could be close to signing a contract extension. And from all reports, the others aren't too far to follow either. So hopefully we'll know something within the month uh, when Gold Coast Suns decide to finalise everything and let the fans know. Fantastic. But that that is just rumours. I can't... I can't... Yeah, that, that is just rumours. I can't officially confirm anything. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll know soon enough whether I'm right or wrong. I'm happy to, to turn around and say I got it wrong, but let's just see where it goes. Okay. Well, look, that, those guys do do have a two-year contract automatically, so the the it would be a, an extension. Uh, it's the same kind of thing that, if you recall, um, Bose, Brody. Ainsworth and Scrimshaw signed up to, so you know we did pretty well with three of those guys. Um, so you know it's really it's really more uh, supporting that whole theme that we've got players who are committing long term to what we really want to hear because we've had so many people leave. So yeah, it would be great, but uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll we'll hear something about that because those rumours are getting more persistent. Yes. And, you know, we need some... There are some re-signings. You know, there's been talk about Peter Wright potentially re-signing soon as well. So I'm sure we'll start getting some news coming out of the club. Uh, I think it was the uh, first episode of the Gold Coast Suns members podcast. I can't remember what... They've just called it. I think it's Inside 50. Mm, Um, Yes. I, I remember Mark Evans saying in the first episode that they had a couple of announcements to come regarding player signings and at this stage I think we only got one from them and that might have been the Alex Sexton signing. Uh, Rory Thompson. Rory Thompson, that's it. So I I presume Mark Evans is holding a a card behind his back and just isn't ready to to show it just yet. All right, well, let's get into the football news because that's why we're all here. So the Gold Coast Suns. 18 goals, 13, 121, defeated Northern Territory, 7 goals, 9, 51. Yes, that's not the AFL side, that is the NEFL side. And it is the first win for the NEFL side in 2019. Tell us how it went down, Tom. Well, it was the first time that the Suns had beaten the Thunder in Darwin in nine attempts, so, you know, pretty amazing. Um, Look, the team came out on fire in the first quarter, and they, they knocked up 50 points. And you're not really going to get beaten from there. Um, and look, the, the Northern Territory weren't playing badly. This was a game where the Suns players who have had their season sort of delayed by, by injury, in the case of Sean Lemons, he kicked three goals in the, in the first quarter. And his little mate, Fitzroy Greenwell, who's a bit of a favourite of ours, uh, the, the needful Rising Star nominee, by the way, uh, he also chipped in with a couple of goals. They they finished with four goals each and 
uh, Ben King, who we're all sort of eagerly anticipating him putting in some big kneeful returns. Well, he's been switched up from the back to the forward line, and he kicked four goals and was very influential. Yeah. It was a it was a team effort. It was a real really strong team effort against a team who's not so bad. Yeah, it was. I mean, Northern Territory aren't having the greatest of years. They've only had one win as well. But uh, back to Ben King. Yeah, he kicked four goals, had nine marks and three tackles. That's superb for a player of his size. Um, yeah, he was getting around the ground. He wasn't just at home. He was the he was the sort of the forward fifty player. He'd often be the only one up there. But when the ball was sort of coming his way, he'd, he'd get on his bike and be, be the first one there. He'd bring the ball to ground if he couldn't mark it. Um, he'd take players on. He's he's very skillful at ground level for such a monstrous block. So, do you think this this is a sign that the Gold Coast Suns, if Ben King plays, is going to play um, forward for the AFL side? Because yeah. he was drafted as a def- key defender, uh, even though he has the flexibility to swing forward. So do you think the Gold Coast Suns are currently thinking we've got a, a future tall key forward here? Well, yes and no. I mean, if you remember with our original crop of key forwards back in the day, and we've had some successful guys who've all played you know, 100 games of AFL footy who started off as key forwards and then, then they went back and, and played in defence. So we had four guys at Foundation who were all picked as key forwards. Two of them have, have emerged as key defenders and, uh, and two of them have emerged as number one key forwards. Um, and only one of them plays for us, and he's injured. So we won't even name them. People can can figure it out for themselves. Ben King is one of those guys who, on the depth chart, he's about eighth in the defence because he just he's a bit too skinny and he's too inexperienced. He's young, but in in, in as a key forward, especially if, if if there are injuries, he's not too far away from an AFL debut. Um, obviously, we've got Peter Wright, who's going better than some people think in the, in the AFL side. But what other really tall forward? We've got some medium tools. But what other really tall forward have we got now that Lukosius has been taken out of that forward, that, that, that AFL team, out of that forward line, and didn't play, so therefore unlikely to go straight into it? And then there's a needful buy the following week. So you'd have to say Ben King's in... in Unless Lukosius comes out and absolutely tears it up this week, Ben King's probably the next next man up for an AFL call-up if they don't even just whack him in this week. Yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, ben King has uh, shown a bit of both. It, he took a bit of time to start. He didn't show too much in the JLT games. But no, he, no, he didn't, it, but, it he, took him but a he bit played of time. most of his time back. Yeah, and, and it took him a bit of time to find his motor in the kneeful. But the last two, three weeks, we're really starting starting to see Ben King show his dominance at that level. Yeah, playing. And I mean, sometimes he's only playing half a game and still getting three goals. So um, no, he was very, very impressive with his with his four goals. And they really shared it around, didn't they? There, there, there were a lot of goal kickers, a lot of multiple goal kickers too, which is a good sign. But I can't go past Sean Lemons. He was a, a man playing amongst boys, kicking goals at will. His his radar for goal is, is back on. As we know, in the last couple of years, he can really be errant. Um, even the goal that he missed was still worth taking. Four goals, one he ended up with. Um, but he played unlimited time, played played uh, about three quarters. 
and he still got 28 possessions and was man of the match. So he could be straight back in the side. Yeah, potentially. I really like the idea of Lemons coming straight back in. But uh, who else was his uh, compatriots in the midfield in the NEFL? Uh, Riscatelli had 30 disposals in the goal, and so did Brody. Yeah, yeah, Brody was terrific. In fact, from the very beginning, Brody seemed like he was in command. He had the ball on a string. He was making clearances out of the middle as easy as you like. Uh, Tom Nichols is, is playing really well as our as our second ruckman. So there's a lot of really good signs. It all just seemed to come together. Um, Richardelli is really marshalling this Neefel team, and I think we speculated that maybe his his being re-rookied was just to be the leader in the, in the uh, Neefel side. But you can't just lead on your own. Um, Tom Nichols was the captain of the Neefel team, so um, that's another thing for him is is to show his leadership. We know he's he's popular around the club. We know he's been there since day one, but you know he's stuck behind the captain now. So actually taking charge of, of being the captain of the Neefel team is a really good sign for us because as we, your number one fear for this season is that Wits gets injured. Well, they're not like for like, but, you know, we're not going to be suddenly getting beaten by 100 points if, if uh, Nichols has to come in and, and replace Wits due to injury. No, the depth is there and it's only going to get better as we look at the injury list for Tuesday, May the 7th. So let's. I'm reading the injury list here of the AFL website. At this stage, the Gold Coast Suns hasn't updated us with their with uh, with their alpha. Is it alpha report? Uh, uh, yeah, we're uh, best we best not dwell on that because it's sponsored. So if we yeah. stuff it up, <laughs> so we've got Rory Thompson and Harrison Wink out for the season with their knees. Um, Brad Shears listed as TBC from his fractured hand the other week. We have Braden Crossley hamstring three to four weeks. Now this is where it starts to get interesting. We have Kalamachi and Sam Fletcher both with quad injuries at one to two weeks away. That seems a bit less than a lot less than one week ago. So that's good news. Yeah, and now for the tests, we have Corey Ellis coming back from an ankle, Isaac Rankin coming back from a hamstring, and Lockie Weller coming back from a hamstring. So, if all goes to plan, those three boys, Ellis, Weller and Rankin, should all be playing either in the AFL or NEFL this week. Now, I think it's a bit of a stretch, except for maybe Weller, to jump straight into the AFL. So, it looks like we'll see Ellis and Rankin probably come straight back into the NEFL this week. Yeah, terrific. That'll be another source of goals, which we don't seem to lack. And uh, Rankin will play Neefel. It's um, he's being managed. Um, he's only a young bloke, and you know, getting injured before he could even the outfield season even began was a setback for him. Um, so we want him to play on managed time. And there's a Neefel game this weekend against Aspley, and so there's not another Neefel, not another academy program where where they're going to be playing AFL level players. Um, and and then the following week's a Neefel bye. So unless he's going to make an AFL debut before we think um, it's possible, um, he's going to be managed and, 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 you know, probably by sort of, you know, round 10 or 11, then he'll be genuinely in the conversation if he can reproduce that kind of form he was showing in the preseason. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's go talking about the AFL side. So West Coast 
defeated the Gold Coast Suns 80 to 57. And it was, to me, it was really a tale of two halves. It was the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde performance uh, that the Gold Coast Suns produced and to the same extent West Coast produced as well. It, I guess a lot of people coming out of that game was questioning whether the Suns were that good or were West Coast that bad by the end of it. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it looked really promising when Powell kicked that goal at, at the beginning. And, you know, it was tit for tat for a while. And uh, and then second quarter, the, the, the real gap, not in talent, but the gap in experience showed. It wasn't West Coast's young mercurial guys. It was their seasoned campaigners who were like, look, we've got to get four points here. Otherwise, we're not going to have for home advantage and when the finals come around. Uh, real business-like performance. And then, as you say, second half. Yeah. Gold so, Coast kicked the first, first goal, and then things are looking good. Yeah, so before we jump into the second half stuff, we've got to address what happened in the first half. Uh, basically, the first half, the Suns were down by 39 points at halftime. Uh, the first quarter seemed okay. We were kind of keeping in there for a majority of the quarter. And West Coast were just able to get a couple of easy goals out the back every every few minutes. Kicking over. And uh, it seemed like in the second quarter then that they really got on a roll, got that momentum going. I think West Coast kicked five goals straight. Mm. And um, it pretty much looked all over for Gold Coast. Uh, I mean, it was a late game. So over here on the East Coast, it was an 8 o'clock start. I was just about ready for bed by half time, but I decided to to stay awake just a bit longer, and I'm glad I did, because um, the Gold Coast Suns really brought it up, and you could say challenge accepted. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I mean, when when Peter Wright kicked that goal at the beginning of the second quarter, it was back down to nine points, and it really seemed like the Suns had a had had had, had something to to kick at. And and then uh, yeah, five goals, and and from players who've been under the pump, you know, a couple of quick goals to to Jack Darling, you know, we all, we already had the defenders, our defenders. We said last week they're going to have trouble if we go with Hompsch and Collins. They're going to have trouble with with Joey Kennedy, and and Jack Darling's been in rubbish form. So we I sort of said I oh, don't worry about him, but. <laughs> He was the one to worry about. Yeah, he um, was. And if we kept going down that path, uh, if the second half played out the way the first half did, we've got a really valid argument for saying the the Suns are playing opposition teams in the form. Uh, I mean, Adelaide have just gone off since we played them. Uh, Brisbane have back on the winner's board again after we played them. And, you know, you could argue West Coast are going to be on the winner's board again, but... It was that second half that really changed the momentum of the game. Um, mm. And let, let's just put this into context. I don't know what that is. But let's just put this into context. The same game last year, I think it was round four, Gold Coast Suns went over to West Coast and we got pumped. We scored around the same points. I think we might have scored an extra two points and got 59 points in that game last year. <laughs> but West Coast kicked about 140-odd points. Uh, so, essentially, I mean, they won that game by about 80 points. So, having lost this game now by 23, 
that's just about a 10-goal turnaround. Yeah, totally. And don't forget, last year we actually had the um, the two games over there. And so we played Frio and came probably about the similar game to this against Frio, but they, they just got away from us at the end. Um, so, yeah, when we played the West Coast last year, we we were in similar form on, on, and, and a similar place on the ladder. We had three wins up our sleeve and things were... Look- well, we didn't have three. We, we, we had a couple of wins up our sleeve and we were going well and then they just taught us a lesson. And in this game, we really showed them in the third quarter and fourth quarter, uh, probably for about a quarter and a half, that we were, we were dominating. But when it comes down to it, Shane, we needed to kick eight goals to one to win it and we kicked six goals to three and lost by four goals. So six goals to three in the second half is a very good showing. Very happy about that. But we left ourselves with too big a task. Yeah, our scoring this year hasn't been great. And it hasn't been great for a couple of years, actually. I saw a statistic about our scoring, and I think we were averaging about 80-odd points three years ago a game, and last year it was down to about 65. Now we're down to under 60 points a game, our average score. Um, so, yeah, kicking those goals is getting harder and harder every year for us. But mm. we do have some talented first-year players that are goal kickers, and we should hopefully see them by the end of the year start to get their form together. Um, but we had... Uh, the stoppages is where we got smashed by West Coast. Uh, we had five goals, seven thirty-seven West Coast kicked from stoppages, mm. whereas Gold Coast only kicked two behinds. And yeah, yeah. At, continuing on with stoppages, we got smashed thirty-eight to twenty-three. So, I mean, it, it all sort of failed in the middle of the ground for us. I think we still won centre clearances, but yeah, stoppages around the, the grounds, West Coast a... seemed to have a better setup. Yeah, it wasn't the middle. It was the it, the centre clearances we we did dominate, um, and and Witsy had 60, 60 hit outs. Like that's just amazing. That's you know sixty. I think might be top ten for the history of AFL, and he's he's got his what's his best sixty four. So you know, it's not even his best. Um, it's the most Ruckman dream of those numbers, and we can only get ten centre clearances. And I think you know the the. You know, you've got you've got, to, you've got to look at the the individual guys who who did get those centre clearances in the in the uh, Gold Coast side, and we're, we're looking at Jack Martin. With- Your car doesn't get much of a summer break. Bugs, UV rays, and pollen can all cause damage. Stay protected at WetGo with Weather Shield and a free month of unlimited washes. Just purchase your first month of WetGo Go Unlimited, and your second month is free. Wash as many times as you want. And when you choose our all-weather or showroom pass featuring Weather Shield, you'll say bye-bye to bugs all summer long. Sign up today at getgocafe.com slash unlimited. Three, Anthony Miles with three. So a couple of others chipped in, and, um, you know, they were sharking. So, you know, Luke Shuey uh, was the main guy for them. They were sharking their, their center clearances because we were just winning every single one. Um, Vardy's not an A-grader. Um, he's a he's a he's a backup. Uh, he's he's an AFL player. We know that, but he's not Jared Witts. So we need to our guys really need to to be taking more advantage of that. And they were probably beating us at the stoppages with that outside pace that they've got. Not so only that, 
the uh, pressure, I didn't think the pressure was to the level uh, that it needed to be. Prior mm. to the game, we had uh, Ainsworth and uh, I want to say Miles come out saying that the pressure wasn't up to the level of AFL standard and that's something they were working on. Yet, you're looking at the stat like tackles, which most of the time is pretty obvious as to the pressure that's being brought. And we were beaten by 87 to 36. We were out-tackled by West Coast and we lost the disposal count by 30. So it's not like we had the ball as well. Now, that, that's Coast, a pretty West damning West Coast never stat. win the tackle count. Yeah. So uh, their coach was just like, "Look, you're not going to back up your grand final if you don't if you don't lay tackles, and some of you are going to be back in the waffle if you don't make tackles." So that was definitely they 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 were definitely lifting right in that first half, and and when the, when a team and I think um, Stuart you said it best, the West Coast have got ten guys who've played more than 150 games of AFL footy, and we've got one. Yeah, and it, it wasn't talent; it was experience, and our talent showed through. And our, and dare I say it, but our, our tank. But they had guys like um, the former Brisbane players, uh, Elliot Red Yo. and Yo, kicking, making making double figures in tackles, and they're not really noted for making tackles like that. So you know, they they'll put on notice those guys. And look, they've they've won the game fair and square. We both have issue with the umpiring, but. I think you pointed out before the show that the, the around the AFL and after, for myself after watching half a game of Neefel and, and, and the Academy game, I, <laughs> I didn't watch any other AFL over the weekend, so I can't say. But it seems like the AFL just have a different set of rules for the umpires every week and we were on the wrong side of it for this. But you know. oh, That's a, another rabbit hole. Let's not go down. Uh, so... What did you notice was the difference between the the halves? Uh, I noticed that the first half, we were playing very defensive footy. We went along the wings, went along the outside. And then when we got to about halfway, just over, just past the centre, we'd bomb it long into the into the forward line. And, you know, that, the West Coast defenders, McGovern and Barras, they just ate that up. You know, intercept marks came off each other's man. And we were, in a way, we were just wasteful going inside 50. Yeah, the, the, the Eagles will punish you if you go in inside 50 without a real plan. And so bombing it in, that no, you're not going to get anything out of them. And even if you manage to get it behind, Jenna comes along and kicks a worm burner 50 metres onto the chest of a, of a halfback and then they're away. Um, God, they've just got some talent in that back line, like, just and freaks like they're not they're not just good guys they're freaks they yeah. they just do things like McGovern took eleven marks you, he'll do that every single game and he'll he'll break your heart with those intercepts and he's he doesn't he doesn't look like a footy player but he can play footy he's he's just brilliant you, you wish you had someone like him because of course every every club in the comp had a had a chance to draft him. And West Coast was smart enough to go. Yeah, we'll 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 coach him. We'll play him in the seconds a lot, and then and then he'll he'll come good. And he bloody did. And um, and of Hearn with his sixty meter bombs that hit hit the guys in the chest. That they that what we did differently in the second half was switch it up. 
with switch play across the other side of the ground, which they were doing all day and killing us with it. Um, and and then sw- just just making it a slight variation from that play, as you said, of just very very defensively and carefully trying to go kick to kick up the sideline, which West Coast were just lulling us into. It wasn't it wasn't any skill involved. We, we were just getting it as far as we'd get it, and then they'd lock us in. Yeah, and we'd have to bomb it. So we we changed that up and got the belief and were rewarding leads. I find with the Suns really frustrating. Like the most frustrating thing is when they stop leading to that guy on the wing who's got the ball. We've got possession. We've got to keep it, and no one's offering a short lead. Or if they do, it gets ignored. So that was happening more. The, the, not that they were ignoring it, but they were taking the option. And, you know, it, it's because they get stunned for, you know, less than 15 metres. Well, they don't seem to be calling that a lot. Although I did see uh, uh, running too far. I couldn't believe it when that got called. That was amazing. But anyway, um, yeah, the Suns uh, definitely had a change of strategy at half time, or rather went back to the game plan. And, uh, and, and I was really, I was going to not finish watching the game, which I never do. And, uh, and I did finish watching the game. I'm glad I did. All right. Well, it's time to get into our highlight of the game, otherwise known as the... Lockie Weller, what a performance! So, for me, it was Will Powell. In particular, his first goal. I just think that epitomised what the Gold Coast Suns had been missing over the, the last few weeks. And just seeing Will Powell stand up uh, in his home state was just really great. Yeah, I, I love that. I, and I straight away thought, oh, good on you, mate. You've come back from, from you know, concussion is not a fun thing to have, um, you know, and, and it can ruin someone's career. But, um, yeah, he did that, and he, he also um, nailed a, a goal in the fourth quarter. But I, I, my moment was when Corbett went up for that kind of weird mark, but it was a it was a specky. Um and and he, he just he was late in the game and he, and he and went up for it and he came down a bit injured but I don't think it was anything serious it was just a bit landed a bit funny but he's going to take some good marks and I just it was just a, a sign for me of the future he certainly in his first two games he's he's rock solid in the team we need him and he can play those two roles of of high marking forward but also run around the ground. Yeah, the the future is definitely bright for the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Before we get into our best on ground votes, I just wanted to do some special mentions. Obviously, we talked about Powell. He had 16 disposals, two goals and 87%. His speed was was noticeable to the Suns. Murdoch was a surprise. He had fourteen. He ran 14.9 kilometers, the most of any player on the ground. I mean, that's up there. I've got a mate that does uh, works at the grounds at Metricon at Gabba, working with the umpires as well. And he said that the umpires tend to do about 15 to 18 kilometres a game in running. So, And they're covering the whole ground. And for Jordan Murdoch to do that as well is just really impressive. Um, Fiorini was impressive as well. He only had about the 20-odd disposals, but he was tagged in that first half. Mm. And when he was able to break off the chain in that second half, we certainly noticed the difference. All right, well, on to the 3-2-1 votes. My first vote goes to Miles. He had 26 disposals, one goal, 
five tackles at 53% efficiency. I really thought he had a huge impact in the middle of the ground and even slotted up with a goal thanks to a bit of a West Coast indiscretion. Um, Jared Harbrow gets, gets the two votes, 30 disposals, 83% efficiency. Uh, I just loved the way he took the game on, kicking the ball out from the back line. Instead of going wide down the wings, he just like took it, no, nah, I'm going straight down the middle. And for the first couple of times, it took the West Coast players off by surprise, but by the end of it, and he was still doing it, he had to shrug off a few blokes and pinpoint those passes, and he was able to get it done. Yeah. And finally, the three votes is Jack Martin. 29 disposals, only went at 69% efficiency, but his 10 tackles and his clearances as well. He had a great game. The only downfall is he does tend to try and take on two more than he can chew. And uh, doesn't. He, he's always looking for that flashy moment, and he just doesn't quite get it. Yeah, I find, though, that... Um... Now he's playing more in the midfield. He doesn't have as much time as he thinks he needs. But also, if he's anywhere near the ball, it seems like the defenders are just rabid. They just really want to get him um, because they know what he can do. So it's kind of like opposition defences or opposition teams are basically being coached. You know, if, if Martin gets the ball, he can kick it off right, he can kick it off left, he can do a lot more, he can evade you, you know, so... If he looks like getting the ball at all, jump on him. So I think that's been the tale of his season so far. But I gave him my three votes because he's 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 breaking out of that. It's still there, but yeah, he's he's getting a bit more time and space. He's just lovely off the left or the right. He's not going to be perfect. He's never he's never ever going to be perfect. That's not that's not what you want out of Jack. You want him to create opportunities. Because sometimes a chaos ball into the into the forward fifty that that, that doesn't hit anybody. Or, or uh, it goes to the pack and it hits the ground. Well, you know that can that can turn into a goal anyway. Um, so, yeah, Jack Martin. Hope we re-sign him soon. Um, Jared Harbrow seems to be getting better as he gets older. Um, he, I gave him two votes for all the reasons you said. Um, he is just as good at rebounding out of fifty as he is as, as putting it in the forward fifty. And uh, I really like the fact that his disposal efficiency is up because he can tend to just go full belt through the middle and then just blast it. Or if he doesn't get onto his right foot, uh, on his left foot, then his right foot's just not that good. Um, I went away from the midfields, although I, I do agree Anthony Miles was, you know, top six, definitely. Um, and you mentioned Murdoch. And I think sometimes it's important to acknowledge the guys who do their job. It wasn't flashy. He didn't pick up, you know, in, you know elite numbers of disposals. But he did get the ball out of 50 six times, and then inside 53 times, which basically shows you that he's coming out of defence and he's getting it into the forward line, which is his job. And he's getting better and better each week. I'm really excited about him as a recruit. Um, he's very strong in defence as well. He's, he's not he's not going to mark up on a... I saw him a couple of times on Darling, and that's the wrong matchup, but that's how the zone worked out. Jordan Murdoch, keep your eye on him. He's getting more confidence every week. And just that's a little things. Three one percenters. I love the one percenters. All right. Well, let's move on to the academy talk. We've only got about ten minutes left, Tom. So sure. we've got a bit to work on with the academy. The Gold Coast mm. Suns have finished their NAB League uh, series as winners. 
They won the series 4-1 out of the academy sides, despite the fact the Victorian sides are now going to continue on throughout the year playing the, the series. Um, but what makes up the, the NAB League Academy series is the academy sides from Gold Coast, Brisbane, Sydney, GWS, throw in Tasmania and Northern Territory, uh, play each other twice and then play three games against sides from the Victorian t- former TAC Cup League. Uh, so all up, they play five games, and Gold Coast won four and only lost the one. That loss was to Eastern Rangers. Gold Coast wet beat it. Uh, Gold Coast defeated Greater Western Victoria on the weekend, ninety-five to eighty-one. And previously, they'd beaten Oakley, Brisbane, and Northern Territory. So, Tom, do you want to tell us about some of these academy stars we can look forward to wearing Suns colours? Yeah, well, as I said previously, I, I went to the the, uh, the 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 Academy Q Clash, and I was really impressed with those guys. And the guys I saw live, who just, as you know, what, being at the game live, you see some things that you don't see on telly. They do a brilliant job of telecasting the the, the NAB League, probably better than the NEFL actually, which is uh, probably something the NEFL needs to look at. But anyway, we won't dwell on that. Um, I loved it because we knew that Conor Bedarek was a player because he was playing really well last year. Bottom major and also in the NEFL. And he's he's just come out and uh, he, he's, 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 he's rated in the top 25 by a lot of people. Uh, he'll go probably second round and we'll get him. So he'll be a player for us. He's grown a tiny bit, but he's still under 180 centimetres. So, um, you know, he's one of those players to watch. He's a midfielder this year. Last year, he was a small forward. Um, he can go forward and kick the goals, but, gee, he's, he's tough. He's in there and getting it. Our best inside midfielder is Ashton Crossley. And uh, listeners will, will, will recognise the surname. Ashton Crossley, not a ruckman. He is a... Uh, 100. Well, we we I don't trust these numbers actually because you get different ones every now and then from different places. But anyway, he's he's about six foot tall. He's not as tall as his brother, and he plays a very different role, but very complementary because he's an inside mid. So we could be seeing the Crossley brothers on a regular basis in the NEFL, uh across the rest of this year, and in the future we could be seeing them both in the AFL team. I'll very briefly go go over some of the guys who are just brilliant. Um, Matt Conroy, a top ager, who's, who's having his second go at the draft as a ruckman, one of the most dominant ruckmen in, in the NAB League. Um, he will be playing for allies, definitely. Um, we've got a couple of underagers, Alex Davies, who didn't play on the weekend because he played for Australia in the under-17s, who won against New Zealand, and Davies was the best on the ground. So next year's draft, we'll be talking about him a lot more. Uh, they're calling him... The, they used to call him the next Jack Bowes because he's just definitely going to be drafted by the Suns. But now they're calling him the next Scott Pendlebury, if that gives you an idea of, of his ceiling. Um, a couple of other guys I'll mention. There are the brothers who have been following. Uh, Ethan Dawson. Sorry, I'm going to get this right. Ethan Dawson and Corey Joyce, little brothers. Um, and they're, they're tracking along really well. They may very well get a go in the in the uh, Allies team, which they'll name probably later this week. Um, Ace Ohio, he's just brilliant. Uh, again, he was one of the, the best on the ground. And um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Oh, yeah, Josh Gore wasn't so great on the weekend, but uh, still chimed in with the match-winning goal. 
and he's a he's another one of those little small forwards. And of course, we all know and love Fitzroy Greenwall, who uh, has actually just been playing kneeful and, and is playing brilliantly. But he's also uh, eligible for the Allies, who will be increasing their squad from thirty to fifty, and uh, the, this week and the the the, the twenty. Uh, who'll be picked, they'll be full of Gold Coast Suns. We'll probably get four, five, six guys named in there. That's very exciting. Hopefully those Gold Coast Suns will get a few recruited at the end of the year and again at the end of next year. Looking forward to seeing Alex Davies play in the AFL. Yeah, uh, him and Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson is a key defender, playing sensationally. Towards the end of the season, we'll be seeing him in the kneeful. And, uh, and yeah. The other guys better watch out because <laughs> he'll be going well. Um, I did forget to mention my mate Dirk Conan, who's been going up and down between the academy and the NEFL. He'll definitely be in the in the Allies side, and he'll be better bloody well get picked <laughs> at the end of the year because he's a fantastic player. So, how did you rate the Gold Coast Suns Academy series? Uh, playing up against some of these uh, Victorian powerhouses like the Eastern Rangers. Uh, Oakley mm-hmm. Chargers, uh, Greater Western Victoria. Well, look, the the one game that we lost was down there, and so they they, they were in the game until the third quarter, and the opposition just burst them apart. The Oakley game, Oakley are one of the best teams in the comp, but the Oakley side have had some of their better players out, so we didn't play them. But the, Oakley could have two players in the top two of the draft. And we didn't play against those guys. But they still had a very, very good team. And we gave them a footy lesson. We, 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 we flogged them. Um, we, we beat Brisbane very well. We beat the Northern Territory very, very well. And, uh, and this game over the weekend, it was close. But it was, what it showed was that this team, which has a lot of 16-year-olds in it, that's, that's the impressive part of it, is they're, they're, they're not big. They're, they're, they're always playing a little bit smaller than are stacking their teams with 19-year-olds, right? So uh, that the, the final word I'll say is that they are a very, very talented group. And this group this year who go through and get drafted, hopefully by us, um, will we'll make way for another team that's been blooded now and they'll go through next year and be equally strong. All right. Well, that's great news. All right. Well, before we finish up, We've got a couple of minutes. Do you want to have a prediction at who you think will be cut from the Gold Coast Suns side to take on Melbourne this week? Yeah, and we didn't have any injuries. Um, Because I'm so bullish about Lemons coming back in, I have to look at who who comes out for Lemons. And and that's a a tough call, you know. Is it it, uh, Sexton, who... Has had a couple of quiet weeks. Well, that's my is pick. Darcy, is it Darcy McPherson, who's a similar player? I, I would love to see McPherson and Sexton, uh, sorry, McPherson and Lemons running around the forward line, getting turnovers and putting that pressure on. But um, yeah, as you've said, Sexton isn't your favourite player right now. No, uh, he's just not. I just don't think he's doing the one percenters and the basics. He's had another week where he hasn't recorded a tackle. Uh, he only had the eight disposals in the goal. I, I just don't think he's doing enough to warrant his spot in the side. Uh, Lemons would do the same job, if not better, probably just without the flashiness. 
Uh, and at this stage, I don't think the Gold Coast Suns need flashiness. I think they need hard edge and grit and determination to to get through these games. The other There's players... a couple of highlights that that uh, Sexton won't won't like watching. No, and and, that, and he's burnt he's burnt teammates who are open and going into goal. And he's he's got not just this week but the weeks before. So yeah. You, you got a good point there. The other players, I reckon, are on the edge of being cut from the side would be George Hall and Smith. He only had the nine disposals and the one tackle. And mm. up until halftime, he only had the one disposal. So that's not good enough for a senior player. And Who, com- who comes in for him? Uh, I think Hanley comes straight back in. Right. And then cool. Young only had 10 disposals and two tackles in his first game. Mm. Not great, but... If Weller's fit, I think Weller pushes in as well. So I could mm. quite easily see Sexton, George Holland, Smith and Young out for Weller, Hanley and Lemons. And that adds a lot of speed to the side as well as mm. a bit of uh, tackling and aggression. Yeah, and Melbourne's not going to be an easy opponent. They, they haven't been in great form, but it doesn't matter. They've, they've got good players. They've got a good coach. Uh, they've got a bit more experience than we have, and uh, they're, they're now back on the winners list. So we've got home ground advantage. Really, really looking forward to the game. Unfortunately, we're we'll going to go and see it live, but I think you will be. Yep, I'm going live. Looking forward to it. But Tom, that's it for the episode. We've got 30 seconds left, so we'd better wrap this up. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the GC Sunscast. I'm your host Shane, and on the line is Tom. Go Suns! Go Suns! Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumpke is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumpke will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumpke. Apply now at RumpkeCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot.